With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to come to you before episode 309 of GeekCast Radio to let you know that we are paying tribute to Kevin Conroy and Jason David Frank. And sadly, Jason David Frank took his own life. And I just wanted to come on here really quickly to give this PSA of, if you need help, please talk to someone, call someone, family member, text them, whatever you have to do. If you want professional help, I do know that the original... Suicide hotline number is 1-800-273-8255. Please, if you're having any kind of thoughts at all, call them and get the help that you need. Also, apparently this is new, or at least it's new to me, on any mobile phone, you can dial 988 for the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. You can also check out 988lifeline.org here in the U.S. They have other services in other countries and whatever else, but that's at least here in the U.S. Suicide is not the answer, ladies and gentlemen. It just isn't. So please... If you want to talk to me, if you want to listen to the podcasts that we at the GCRN create, whatever's going to help you from not going down that path, please take care of yourselves. And now, here's the show. Hi, this is Kevin Conroy, and you're listening to the Geek Cast Radio Network. Batman, damn it! Would you be interested? Well, of course he would. Wouldn't you, honey? I mean, to work with someone as famous as Mr. Wayne. Sure. I warn you. I can be a difficult taskmaster. I accept nothing short of excellence from all who work for me. I think I can handle it. Very good then, Mr. McGinnis. Welcome to my world. Hello and welcome to GeekCast Radio. This is episode 309 and everyone knows already this is not... We are not breaking news here at the GCRN, but both Kevin Conroy, voice of Batman, the one true voice of Batman, and Jason David Frank died within a week of each other. Sad and, but true. Yep, November yeah. 2022. And it's, it's a rough time to be a 90s kid, let me tell you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. I'm, of course, TFG and Mike. Joining me is Steve Megatron. Hello, sir. Hello. 
Also joining us is Mr. Jesse Raz. Hello, sir. How are you? That's I'm, uh, a, yeah. I'm in mourning. Yes. Yeah. I'm not crying. You're crying. No, you idiot. We're all crying. Yeah. It's t- tough, tough to see parts of your childhood go. Kind of, <laughs> not to get philosophical, but it kind of reminds you, hey, I'm getting old. Yeah, add on top of that, and I'm not saying, I'm just saying this is a fact, but the fact that I lost Karen last year, yeah, it's mm-hmm. a little, a little, death hits me a little harder now than it, I mean, it always hit me hard, but it, it, it look, let's just start with Kevin Conroy, and my God, that man is just, was just, um, I, I can't say is anymore, because it's past tense now, uh, just an amazing human being. Just in general, he he was always up for a handshake or a, or a voice promo or a, you know when people still hugged at conventions. From what I've seen, because I never met the man in person, but we had a fun conversation with him back in 2012. And damn, he, I, the one thing for me with Kevin Conroy is he was 66 years old. He never, I mean, yes, the last couple of months, maybe he kind of was showing a little bit of his age, but he never, to me, never looked or acted his age. He was always so up and all the time, up and vibrant and ready for whatever. Yeah. What was it? So I'm kind of jealous because I never, I never got to meet Kevin, nor did I ever get to speak with him. So what Mm -hmm. was, I mean, what was he like, you guys, when when you all interviewed him? How, How was that experience? Steve was super down to earth and very kind, just very genuine. Yep. Yeah. He, he always came across that. And uh, I remember your all's interview and I, I've, I've heard several and, and just, damn, just such a good guy, which, you know, it's kind of what you want Batman to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And he, <sighs> He was, okay, yes, we all know, and I know anyone listening to the sound of my voice that I said earlier that he is the one true Batman. What I really mean is he's the one true voice of Batman because everyone would be like, oh, Adam West, but the dude just died. Adam West died a couple of years ago, and that's sad, and it, it's depressing. All deaths are depressing. Well, but, but, but Mike, he was our Batman. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. yep. He was our Batman. Yep. And uh, I think... Uh, I heard in an interview, Kevin said, was kind of reiterating something that Bruce Tim had told him on the show. And he was like, um, you know, there's, there's, there's a Batman for everyone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, for a lot of us, he was our Batman. And well, well, I will fight anybody that says there's a better Batman out there, but that was ours. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think of like every, Every not every single line, but every line that I have had an impact that he has said as Batman, it's like, oh my god, oh my god! Like, hmm. uh, uh, three nights no sleep, crashes into a drives up to a coffee shop, slaps the money down, give me a triple. Uh, there's the line where he is sacrificing himself at one of the season finales of Justice League, where he has to crash the the tower into Cadmus or whatever. Yeah. And at the end, he's like, gentlemen, it's been an honor. Oh, 
Yeah, like you know, lines like yeah. that are just just hit you so hard, and then you have lines that are just like what he did in Justice League Action, where they've got Deadshot dead to rights, and they're going to interrogate him, and Superman goes in there and it's like. Superman's going to play bad cop, which means Batman has to play good cop. So Superman's trying to be tough and failing at it. Mm-hmm. And Batman just comes in. Coffee? Would you like a donut? And it's freaking Kevin Conroy asking Deadshot, who is, I believe, was voiced by uh, uh, Will Scarlet. Will Scarlet from Robin Hood with, with Costner. Oh. oh, fuck. Um... What the fuck's his uh, Christian Slater? God damn it! How did I forget that? Uh, so it's Christian Slater, uh, uh, Tim Daly, and Kevin Conroy as these three characters, and it's just so funny. He he left such an indelible mark over mm-hmm. the last thirty to forty years. I tell you what, if, if you well, there's there's two things. If you're bringing up lines, one of my favorites is also from Justice League, where. Um, I think he, I think he uses the plane, you know, his, his jet to blow up. And then he comes out and he goes a little help here. I can't, I can't fly. Not even a little. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, and just the man could sing. That's the other, that's Mm -hmm. the other part. Oh my God. You know, he just starts belting out. Am I blue? It's, oh, ah. And what gets me slightly, like, yes, that is amazing and awesome, and, and it is. What gets me, though, is the way that that lead, like, what could Cersei, re- like, how dark, mm-hmm. how, what is that one thing that Batman, fucking Batman, could never give back, you know, never get back once given? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, he's on stage. Yeah, no, I that was a, that was a great bit, and he yep. just some velvet, just velvet pipes. Absolutely, Steve. Memories. Well, in addition to his his run on the original animated series, I just love I, I love his work as future Batman or, mm. or Bruce Wayne. I love I love his work of just changing his voice between Bruce mm-hmm. Wayne and Batman. Uh, uh, pretty much uh, the first movie I ever went and saw in theater was mask of the phantasm. Oh yeah. And so for me, that movie has a very special place for me and uh, Kevin Conroy. When I read any fiction that is yep. my Batman. Absolutely. The, the only time, and I completely agree with that, but the only time that I hear a different voice is if any, any writer and it ha- it's happened recently, oh, since 2017. Any writer draws Batman to look like Michael Keaton, and he does the word balloon of, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. I hear Keaton in that one instance. But everything else, absolutely. Conroy, hands down. Oh, God. And I was telling Jesse before the show, I finally got a chance to read DC Pride 2022 which is their collection of stories, which Kevin wrote a story in there called Finding Batman. And oh, nice. God damn. I mean, it, it's like it, between him and Paul Dini, 
their connections to Batman are mm-hmm. such interesting stories. My buddy Ryan and I covered uh, uh, Paul Dini's A Dark Knight uh, in episode 350 of The Pull Bag, and that is just one story that just rips you open as soon as you start reading it. And it's, it's the same. Finding Batman is just a, like a. I don't want to say it's a quick story, but it's not like a, it's a story within a comic book. It's not like a whole issue kind of thing, but it's enough where you get his full story of, of what happened to him in his life and how something that as an eighties and nineties kid, I, before the internet, I never cared, never cared. Like, my caring was for the voice and the character. I didn't need to know who was marrying who or who was divorcing who and who had six kids with this person. I didn't need to know anything like about the actors' personal lives. And Kevin even told us in the in the 2012 interview. You know, he he said something to the and I'm just paraphrasing here. I'm trying to remember it, but he said something to the effect of that he kind of wishes it was still you know, the anonymity of voice acting was still Mm -hmm. there because he prefers it that way. I'm like, Oh, okay. And then, you know, come to find, I never, I didn't care, but I never knew he was gay. Mm -hmm. I didn't didn't know that until about six months ago, honestly. Yeah. I found out like a year and a half or two, three years ago, something like that, but it never like, it wasn't something I cared about either, though. I yeah, just, it, I loved it, it, the voice it, acting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it was about the performances that he gave. It was never about what's going on in his personal life. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I so I kind of look at Kevin in a different, a couple of different ways. You know, obviously there's the Batman, the fandom that huge, but I uh, I went to school for television and film um, and and voice work, and so like from a VO perspective and him as an artist and the simple fact that Batman was his first voiceover audition just freaking blows my mind that, you know, that was, that was his, he's like, ah, you know, he went to Juilliard, he was a stage actor. And then, you know, his first VO, he lands on a show with Andrea Romano and has a 30 year, 30 plus year stint as Batman. Yep. <laughs> it's just, it's crazy. It's a, it, and what's crazier to me is that when he was telling us his story in the interview about, you know, about his life. Oh yeah. I went to Juilliard. I was, I was either roommates with or knew Christopher Reeve and Robin Williams. Yep. Yeah. And I'm just thinking to myself, fuck, they're all now gone. God damn it. Oh, it just hurts so much. And I know some people out there are going to listen to this and going to be like, why do you guys put so much stock into? Because they affected our lives. That's why. That's why we care about learning about certain, like if they pass away, if a reason is given, fine. But if it isn't given, fine. It's just sad that they are no longer with us. And with somebody that affects your life, how can you not pay attention to it? You know, I, uh, so, um, you know, being on the radio for 10 years mm-hmm. and, you know, having to cover every time a celebrity would pass and people's mm-hmm. reactions and stuff, people, people would, you know, 
well, I don't understand this person died, but these people over here, and you don't, you don't talk about that. And it's, I said, the, the thing I've kind of come to realize is there is, there's no limitation on grief. Like it's not, grief is not the finite thing. So it's like, you know, for instance, we're talking about Kevin Conroy, but mm-hmm. in a bit we'll shift and talk about Jason David Frank, yeah. you know, you're allowed to be sad about two things or three things or multiple people. So, you know, people who attack you for being sad about someone who brought joy to your life, you know, you maybe yeah. you didn't meet them, but they, they put, they put things in the world, you know, grief, sadness. It's, there's not a finite amount of it. You're, you're allowed to be sad about multiple things. And, and yeah. so when people lash out about people who mourn uh, something like that, it just, I, I don't know. It's more about them than I think it is about um, the the person. So, you know, just my two cents on that. Well, it's just one of those things where, like I said, it's all about who affects our lives. Okay. Uh, Steve, Steve, real quick. You said uh, Mask of the Phantasm was your first like movie experience. How old were you? Uh, what year did he, they come out? 93. So you would have been eight, seven yeah. or eight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like, you know, a non-tragic version of, you know, that's like Bruce Wayne going to the theater with his parents. You know, that's kind of like that thing. Yeah. Like it, 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 it leaves that sort of thing leaves a mark on you and, uh, for better or worse. I mean, that's, that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty cool. Well, it, it's interesting how the times have changed where all of that was like, the breakout, like the fact that mask of the phantasm was in theaters. And then like a year and a half later, it was on VHS or whatever kind of like, you know, you don't have those big things anymore. And I'm not just talking about because of what's gone on in the last couple of years. I'm saying we haven't had a huge event in animation, really like a a movie theater. Like, yes, there are animated movies, but that was an event. That was a thing. That was groundbreaking. That was just as groundbreaking as syndication was in the eighties. Mm-hmm. So the the other thing I'll add to um, Kevin mm-hmm. as a human being. So he he was on Cameo as as many celebrities are. Yeah. Um, and one of my buddies, uh, TJ, um, for his birthday, my other buddy Chad got him a Cameo from Conroy. Where Kevin, you know, he does the normal sort of Batman uh, mm-hmm. sort of lines, but he also took the added thing that my my friend Chad threw in there about getting a cat <laughs> and starts giving uh, TJ's wife grief for not letting him have a cat. And <laughs> it is the most hilarious. Also, like, holy crap, Batman is trying to get this man a cat kind of moments. And you know, I know, I know what cameo is. It's it, you know, you're paid, but just the fact that but, he, I mean, he was doing those up until about two days before he passed. So I mean, yeah, he cared. He cared. It was sweet. It was funny, and it was a thing that will live on mm-hmm. forever for us. Yep. Steve, any any other memories that you want to say about Kevin? Anything else that you? I I, I feel like we haven't given you, given you enough. Well, I just, I just wish we would have gotten the chance to talk to the man again. Yeah, I, I tried reaching out to him because I wanted to have. I, what I wanted to do was, I wanted to have you and I, 
and him and Lauren. I wanted to have Batman and Robin on the same interview for an update to, you know, check in with Ben. I, you know, Lauren never got back to me and obviously Kevin never got back to me, which sucks. But I mean, yeah, geez. And and those cameo things, even though they are charging you, they like you're able to say to them, this is what I would like you to say. And Mm -hmm. some of them, if not most of them, will throw in extra things or like you said, the class, like he'll do the classic Batman. He would do the classic Batman lines and then he would say the message or whatever else Mm -hmm. or, you know, and man, you will sorely, sorely be missed, Kevin Conroy. And Mm -hmm. Yeah. By the way, that was a good that was a good interview you all did with him. I, I thoroughly uh I thoroughly enjoyed that. That was um not to make this about YouTube, but you know, that, <laughs> no, that's I know. He, it, it was good. I, I enjoyed that and it sounded like he enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, he had a blast. Every every interact even emails. I just, I didn't email the guy a lot, but mm-hmm. even when I would email him to potentially like he was always just so jovial and so up and just so I'm sure there were times in his private life where he would be just, you know, turn it off kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But every time that anyone asked him anything, even if it was just a guy on the street, he was always up for whatever. And before we transition to Jason David Frank, I am going to insert the best part of, at least in my personal opinion, the <laughs> real, real quick, Mike. Before before uh-huh. you get to that, I just want to throw one thing in that yeah. I'm very appreciative of. Um, I don't know how much you guys watch The Flash and any of the CW shows. Oh yeah, I still watch, watch it. it. Yeah. yeah, but I love that we got Kevin Conroy. Yep. As a live action Batman, or as close to it as we ever were going to get. And it's kind of, and it was kind of that Batman Beyond kind of old grizzled Batman. I am so thankful that yeah that we got that. You know that that particular run was not perfect, um, but that getting that glimpse, yeah, it's a treasure. It's it, it it's a treasure. So yeah, so it, it you know he that was you know dream come true for him, and and it might not have been like you said, the best version of what, but what they gave, like that was such, that was not our, I mean, that's our Batman, but that was not that character portrayal in that. Oh man. Wow. That was dark. That was, was, but it was cool to see. It was, it was something that, you know, we're so, we are so spoiled as as fans now because there is crap out there characters out there actors out there that are doing that are allowed to do versions of these heroes that we didn't even think we'd ever get in an animated form yep you know so we are so you know i i have a i have two kids and i'm like you guys don't get it you have no idea yeah you have two kids steve has two kids so you guys kind of have something in common there well but And the last thing I'll say before I transition back is like, it's one of those things where (laughs) I can only imagine what Bruce Tim is going through because, you know, he, you know, he and Andrea and everything, you know, and I, it's two things I always remember. And I don't remember if he did it in our interview or not, but there was always this joke about between Kevin and, and Romano 
oh, Andre. Like, he would do this really flamboyant, like, oh, you know, whatever. And then with Bruce Tim, in the very beginning of Batman Beyond, what do you think you're doing, old man? We're the Jokers. Sure <laughs> you are. Uh-huh. Yeah, you, you don't tell old Bruce that you're the Jokers when he knows who the Joker is. Mm-hmm. All right, folks, like I said earlier, my personal favorite part, favorite story he ever told, the best version in my personal opinion is the version that we have. It is Kevin Conroy's September 11, 2001 story. And I say this with a straight face and all of that because it is really a great story and it just shows you what kind of a man that he was because most of like, like he will say to us in this, most of the news reports back then were not showing you the people running back into the buildings to help. So we're going to take a quick listen to that and then we're going to come back and talk about a ranger. Everyone thinks about themselves as having a touch of Batman in them. We've got our Batman, Kevin Conroy. Uh, Vocally, there's a lot of difference between uh, the Batman persona and the Bruce Wayne persona, even though it's the same person. It's got to be one or the other. I can't have it both ways. Miss Beaumont would be glad to know you feel that way, Master Bruce. They have to be very, very cleanly distinct. And one is the, the, the mysterious and the darker corners of a man. And I learned this early on. Batman is not the disguise. Batman is who he went to, is what be, what he became because of the tragedy of his childhood. It's where he found safety. It's where he is most comfortable, in that cave. And the suit of armor he puts on, the role he plays for the world, is Bruce Wayne. That's the performance. And so once I found that about the character, it really made sense to me. It kept the Batman voice from sounding artificial, and it kept Bruce Wayne from, it made him such a different persona. And then after you you had gone to uh, do some cooking duties after the 9-11 tragedy uh, to help out in New York. <laughs> you want to tell that story? <laughs> you want me to tell that story? Sure. It's, it's, it's got a lot of foul language in it. Should I clean it up? Oh, wait, no, no, that's fine. Oh, we are, we are so, so explicit here at the GeekCast Radio Network. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, you know, I live in New York. I live in New York, and after the attack... Um, Everyone wanted to, to help. I mean, the mm-hmm. thing that was amazing, you, you always see those pictures of everyone running away from the buildings as they were coming down with the cupboard with soot. But what you don't see any pictures of is everyone running back. Um, mm-hmm. As soon as the dust cleared, people started running back to try and, you know, help people. And um, so um, I called. There was a number set up. I, everyone was being told to go to the Javits Convention Center, and that's where they were coordinating the volunteers. So I went to the Javits Center, and they already had all, everybody they needed. They had such a huge turnout. They said, look, we've got everyone. We, need, we have all the tunnelers. We have all the diggers. We have overwhelmed with volunteers. We don't need anybody. So I was feeling so dejected. I was on my way home thinking, what am I going to do? I want to help. 
and I, I stopped off at a coffee shop, and there was a guy there covered with dust who had just come from Ground Zero and said he was talking to the waitress about how he was working in a kitchen there. And I said, and I said to him, this total stranger, I said, you know, I just came from the volunteer place. They told me they didn't need anybody anymore. He said, do you really want to volunteer? I said, yeah. So he wrote down this phone number. He said, call this number. They need people. This is the kitchen at Ground Zero. <laughs> so I called them up, and they said that they did need people. And they said, do you have any restaurant experience? I said, I'm an actor. Of course I have restaurant experience. What, what do you need? You know, actors can do anything in a restaurant. They said, well, we really need cooks. I said, well, I, I worked in a, as a, in, a, in a short order cook when I was going through Juilliard. They said, are you free now? And I said, yeah, I'm between jobs. They said, no, we mean right now, like tonight. We need someone tonight. I said, yeah, I'll be right there. So I ended up doing the night shift. So it was like from 6 p.m. to about 6 a.m. Um, and it was a few blocks away from the actual pit. But it was a big, big, like, cafeteria that they had commandeered. It was a restaurant, I think, called Nino's. It was a big old restaurant. And they had taken it over, and, and all the work crews would come in um, covered with dust and soot, just exhausted. And it was a very hot September. Um, so it was, it was really, it was a very depressing atmosphere. And there were these huge work lights set up all over lower Manhattan, setting it up. It looked like a moonscape. Um, because it was a big, a big search site, and people would come in, and there was just a sort of rumbling kind of uh, melancholy um, mumble going on. Because you know everyone was so overwhelmed by what had happened, and I was working this night shift, and this guy who was next to me one night goes, "So uh, I'm an architect during my day job. What's your day job?" I said, "Well, I'm an actor." He said, "Yeah, but..." Do you do some special kind of acting? He said, I thought I knew your name. I said, well, I, I really work in animation. I do voices. He said, I knew it. You're Batman. Said, How did you know that? He said, everybody knows who's Batman. I said, no, everyone does not know who's Batman. He said, oh, my God, the guys are going to go crazy if I tell them that. I said, no one's going to care. He said, are you crazy? He said, watch. So he goes out in the dining room, and he goes, guys, guys, you're not going to believe who's been cooking your dinners. It's Batman. And there was this long pause, and you hear it from the back of the auditorium. <laughs> Bullshit! And then someone else says, <laughs> someone else says, make him prove it! So I'm back in the kitchen, right? In this big, echoey kitchen, and I do, I am vengeance. I am the night. I am Batman. And then there's this long, long sound. So you hear from the back of the auditorium. Holy fuck! That is Batman! <laughs> <laughs> And they all start pouring back into the kitchen, and suddenly you hear this laughter. And this guy's like, hey, you know that episode where you and the Joker, you know, I watch that show all the time with my kids. And, you know, hey, man, what's that day the lady like? And everyone wanted to know everything about the show. And then the guy who had recognized me, the uh, architect, says, what's it like to be Santa Claus? <laughs> because that's what happened. Santa Claus just got here. And it was true. It was like suddenly people had something else to think about, you know? Yeah. And um, so I emailed Andrea the next morning at Warner Brothers and I told her what had happened that night. I, I wrote it all as a story. And I said, at the end of it, you know, what we do is not insignificant. We're already contributing. And yeah. she said, she circulated that all around Warner Brothers. She said, everybody at Warner Brothers loved that story. Yeah. It's so. just an amazing story because, it's you know, a lot of, you know, and that goes to like, you know, you know, sometimes we will ask a question of, you know, do you get recognized, you know, 
on, on yeah. this because because a lot of times voice actors you know, in person, don't get recognized unless, you know, you're at a convention and, and a big sign says, hey, this is Kevin Conroy voice. You know, I mean, I assumed I assumed this would be a completely anonymous job. And for many years, it was, mm-hmm. you know, in the early 90s, no one knew what I was doing. It was yeah. when the Internet developed and you could, you know, you could just Google someone's name and then get the picture. And suddenly everyone knew who was Batman. You know, mm-hmm. it's really since the Internet that people know who's doing what and um for for many many years it was completely anonymous and i was used to it that way i kind of liked it that way actually (laughs) (laughs) this is kevin conroy and i am the goddamn batman this is jason david frank and you're listening to the geek cast radio network dragon sword all this will belong to empress rita once I and my Zord put down the Power Rangers forever. <laughs> All right, folks, this has been a tribute to Kevin Conroy, and it is also a tribute to Jason David Frank. Most of you hearing that name will know him as Tommy Oliver, the greatest Power Ranger that ever lived. And yeah, I was 13 when Power Rangers came on the scene, and it was pretty, like, I had transitioned out of, like, I was still watching cartoons, but cartoons in the 90s weren't like cartoons in the 80s. Like, I needed something. It's kind of like Saturday morning when the cartoons end and, like, ugh, say by the Bell, the new class came on or something where you had to. <laughs> well, you. Valley High. <laughs> oh, God, don't get me started. Uh, but you know, it's one of those things where I kind of transitioned to watching more live action television than the animated stuff. And Power Rangers was just that thing that hooked me because, and I will say this now because I'm, I'm going to make this analogy at some point or another. It was like, Oh, Hey, look, a live action Voltron. It's like lion force came back from 1984 and, and puked up green, black, blue, pink, yellow, and red. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Steve, what was your whole JDF? Th- how, how do you want to remember him? What do you want to say? Uh, uh, pretty much the only reason I watched Power Rangers was because of him. Like so anything you- he was, anything he, he was in, I watched. Um, I, I watched from the very, very, very beginning of Power Rangers. I, I used to play the video games. I used I watched the movie. I yeah. So, what, what were you gonna say, Jesse? Uh, no, I was gonna. I'm I'm right there. I'm right there with Steve. Um, mm-hmm. So so I I remember setting my alarm clock for Saturday morning when like when Power Rangers premiered. Like I rem- I still remember. Mm-hmm getting up to watch that show for the first time after seeing the commercials. And, um, I remember one of my, my childhood best friend and I, of course we'd play power Rangers, but you know, we, we would fight over who was the red Ranger. I mean, that was, that, that was what you did until green with evil. Number Uh, one uh came up and then, we stopped fighting. I stayed Red Ranger, but there was no 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 longer any fighting because that that Green Ranger popped in, and the, I just rewatched the the five part Green with Evil 
yep. uh, introduction, which Saban has Saban. Now you can't even get him to do a two part, much less a five part. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I don't know about you guys, but as a kid, holy crap. He terrified the way he just jumped into the Megazord and ripped them out of their seats. Mm-hmm. Like, holy cow. Like his laugh. Of, <laughs> I mean, God. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where, and it's not just when he's in the suit or when he's in the Zord or whatever, just regular plain old, you know, black jeans, green shirt, and whatever weird plaid vest he was wearing, you know, just regular, you know, normal clothes, Tommy mesh, mesh, green mesh shirt for what? Some apparent reason. It was the nineties. Yeah. It's the (laughs) nineties. I, 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 I apparently have been told multiple times in the past not to talk about fashion on podcasts, so I'm not going to go there, but it is what it's the nineties fashion folks, but just seeing him appear at school and, you know, Kimberly comes up and whispers to him and like, I, you know, I know Tommy, we know Tommy. And then he just looks over and glares at her. Well then pink ranger. And I'm like, Oh God. Like, I don't know how many acting classes he had before this. Cause I, I know too. <laughs> I, I don't know, but I mean, the man was 28 playing a, a high school kid, but that's, that's a, that's a whole Hollywood discussion for a different, episode yeah i was really by the way power rangers gave me a really like false sense of what a teenager looked like i mean i still don't look like them as teens <laughs> well to be fair most uh most shows even yes dating back further they don't they don't look like teenagers no, no. well i mean because you know most of the time <laughs> they do have to cast older because you can't, yeah. you can't. I mean, unless you get, you know, unless it's a case of like something like Boy Meets World, and you have Eric Matthews, and granted, he was on his own back then, but you know, you also have Corey with with Ben Savage, and Ben was yeah. a kid, and you have to go through parents and whatever else, you know. But I mean, yeah, generally, you know, yeah. I I just I, never knew he was that, like that like i knew he was older i just didn't know how much older from the point of what he was playing what were you gonna say i I was gonna say let's get this out of the way now yeah favorite ranger jdf played i mean he you have five to pick from (laughs) steve you go first white ranger That was my my favorite. Uh, I I have a soft spot for the Green Ranger as well, but my favorite was the White Ranger. Mike, it's number one is White Ranger. Number two is is Black Dino Thunder. And look, I don't dislike the Green Ranger. The reason why I like the White Ranger is because we no longer had to be threatened by. She can take his power away at any time, or his powers could fade. The White yep. Ranger's powers were made wholly of goodness and this, that, and the other thing. And well, I love the the Tiger Zord, and I loved uh, his use of Saba. And yep. uh, yeah, uh, now granted, 
later on after he's done Dino Thunder, I think that's what it's called. Um, yep. Yeah. He he has this this cameo where he comes back uh, and has to fight himself essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's, it's and, in, uh, but I like where he, he morphs and he jumps between all of mm-hmm. his different versions, except for like yeah. the turbo because he kind of gave that up. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I liked that, and then I liked where they had you know the Forever Red, and then uh, where he came back for the anniversary show, and he was the Green Ranger leading the charge. Yeah, that was that was pretty. I, I, <laughs> For a while there, I was getting a little burnt out on on the the Tommy Fest, but like that, what in Super Mega Force the legendary battle when it comes to like who should lead that charge, it had to be him. It had oh, to yeah. be, yeah, it well, had yeah. to be him. Yeah. Well, you know? yeah, I mean, there and the fact that they kept having to go back to the original well of the Mighty Morphin era mm-hmm. uh, yeah. because even current Power Rangers, it's on Netflix now, uh, brought Lord Zed back. Yeah, which which is which is kind of bittersweet because we we've we've David Axelrod's been gone. Yeah, Yeah, Robert Axelrod's been gone for years now. How do they do that? Who who the hell? It's it's very similar sounding, but it's it's definitely different. It's certainly better than what they did with Goldar Maximus. Yes. Uh, Oh no. Yeah. They so um, not to get too far off topic, but Uh Austin St. John came back in uh, Beast Morphers and um, there was a reunion of all the Dino Rangers and they brought Goldar Maximus, which I understand that suit is is trash. So they had to recreate it. But the the actor who voiced him is still around. So they could have gotten him. Um, or they could have gotten, I don't know, anyone that even sound even more remotely like it because this person did not even come close. So it, that was kind of a disappointment. Um, but my uh, my favorite, you never forget your first, man. I, I got to go with the Green Ranger. I The White Ranger was cool, but the Green Ranger, that initial feeling when he rolled on the seat, the dragon coin the dragon zord i mean they're just so badass uh second would probably be i like dino thunder uh, i like the black dino thunder ranger but i got a i got a soft spot for the zero era too so zero yep. ranger 5 might might be my number 2 with him i, I yeah i i think he uh, he he had some he had some good moments with, in in that as well but i got to i got to go green guys sorry i The dragon dagger. No, I I completely yeah. agree. I I I agree. I think it's awesome. It's great. I'm the only reason why I choose white over. Oh God! Is that the, <laughs> careful, careful! No, 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 no. It's not that. No, I. It, this is all Steve's fault. I'm remembering. Is it, is it the green or is is it the red or is it the white from from Ace Ventura? I never know that. Um, but it's just one of those things where, like I said, it's mainly because of the fact that he could actually keep the powers. There was no yep. more every week mm-hmm. threat of, oh my God. Well, and I loved the reintroduction too. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was epic. Him coming down from on high and. Yep. And Zordon's like, we have someone here to help you. And then. You know they're all all is lost, and then all of a sudden Tommy's showing back up. 
Oh, uh-huh. yeah. That was, you know, that was interesting. So they've done, they did that twice. And I think they did it ef- pretty effectively both times where they had a new ranger coming on. They teased you with it and you didn't know who it was going to be. I mean, I, I feel bad for the, the actor who played Richie. I mean, he just basically got paid to be a red herring for, <laughs> you know, like nine episodes. And uh, wait, then they wait, did- wait, wait, Richie. Richie, you don't remember Richie? No. Richie was this random dude that worked at the juice bar that Trini kind of had a thing for. He was the MacGuffin. He was the MacGuffin. Everyone's like, oh, well, the White Ranger has to be Richie because, you know, JDF hasn't been on the show in six episodes or whatever. It's got to be Richie. Was that the guy that came up to them as Bulk and Skull were almost sitting on their sandwiches before Ernie said, here you go, guys. They're right behind you. It's Maybe. The, yeah, I, I think I know what you're talking about. I mean, he had like he had like seven lines. I mean, looking back now, you're like, obviously, that's not it. Because you never see him fight. You never see anything. He's just kind of there yeah. and smiling. Uh, you know, so so there's that. And then the second time they did that was when they brought Jason back to be the Gold Ranger. They kind of they kind of teased that. I didn't. I remember being a kid going, holy crap. No way. I didn't see that coming a mile away. So. Mm-hmm. They, 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 for a kid's show, they, they've pulled a couple, couple over on us, but that white light, man, that ascension, nobody, nobody ever had a better entrance. Sorry. They just never did. Nope. And he always got the best moves. Oh yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like Jason for his, let's say, quote unquote, traditional martial Mm -hmm. arts style. I like Zach for his funky, fresh kind of dance martial arts style that he does. Mm-hmm. But there ain't nothing like a ninjetti corkscrew kick from the movie. Like, come on! No, 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 no. If you if you're gonna if you're gonna single out a part of the movie, <laughs> the coolest part of the movie was when he gets out of that airplane on a on a freaking like airport. Okay. Yes, but I'm saying like as, as the White Ranger right there. there. Yeah, no, absolutely. The sky surfing, I, I the funny thing <laughs> is, I almost went skydiving that year. Wow. Yeah, almost. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, one will um, never know. Yeah, no, I've been twice. So Oh boy. Uh, yeah, when he when he came out when he came out on the on that board, I, I was like I was like done. He's he's cool. It's- <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, it, so it no, just, lo- no love for Turbo, though. That's interesting. That's interesting. I, his love for Turbo. Turbo was kind of short-lived. It was kind of the passing of the guard of the old yeah, crew. Yeah, it wasn't and really. so it really didn't, really didn't sit well with me. Mm, I agree. So let me see if I remember this correctly. Obviously, Mighty Morphin for all three, including Alien Rangers, whatever the hell that 10-episode season was. That was terrible. Uh, And then it went – did it go – no, it went Turbo, then – Zeo, Turbo, then in space. Got it. Because TJ – yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I had to make sure. Because remember my biggest pet peeve of all time and what I want from the comics is an explanation of how do you go from the frickin' Zeo crystal to (laughs) – Cars. <laughs> Zeo was cool, though. Yes, Zeo was awesome. I mean, I wasn't a big fan of their uniforms per se, but mm-hmm. they grew on uh, me. They were they they grew on me. I didn't like the Machine Empire, though. They were hit or miss, and how easily they were able to oust uh, uh, Lord Zed. 
Nah, that that was yeah, that was because they built him up so much and a true master of evil and everything else, and all of a sudden this this miniature like, put a robot. pin in it and popped it. Yeah. They were just like, oh, it's yeah. it's all over. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, they. Uh, I, 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 in my head, Mondo got lucky. He he got Zed. <laughs> well, he got Zed on you know on a time when they were down you know with the power rangers and yep. you know and listen as as we found out in forever red if lord zed could ever figure out the whole power situation for serpentera it would have uh, been over oh yeah easily um easily you know, easily so, uh now you all you all interviewed uh getting to scott, Jason david frank yeah scotty and um, i did yeah i i have not listened back to it but have you did you guys ever get to meet him in person no I I don't know if Scotty did. I never did. He was he was cool. I, yeah, see, yeah, see. Out of all of us, you've met him. Yeah, I got to meet him. So it was at uh, it was at a Wizard World. It, I think it was the first one that was in Louisville, and I yeah. went. I went that Friday just to kind of scope it out. I went early, and he was by himself at his booth. So I just went over and was like, "Hey, can I say hi?" And and he started talking to me, and I told him, I was like, yeah, I work for Radio City. He goes, when can I do an interview? So I pulled my phone out, and we just started talking. Yep. I was not prepared for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, then – so there was that day. Then yep. I had bought an experience with him on Sunday, and he had a free thing. And so I'd gone in and say, said hi. Well – in the the free panel that I sat in on, mm-hmm. he took his phone like he did. He, I mean, he was kind of the king of social media, and he yeah. you know panned for the crowd, but it froze on me and my buddy TJ. And I have that screenshot from his social media account, and that was almost the coolest thing that happened until Sunday, right when we had the paid sort of fan experience, which yep. he was really cool about, but. He, you know, we took our photos, but he posted my photo, the photo of us on his and tagged me and even went that extra length. And so, I mean, it. listen, I, I was part of the media, so you could make that argument. But just to go that extra step with fans when you didn't have to, I mean, just such a cool down to earth yep. guy. Which just, yeah, and... <sighs> All right, folks, this is the next section of this is going to be rough. So either tune out or buckle up. So it was reported and it was it was weird how it was reported because some it was kind of like our Maurice LaMarche thing where some unknown website. It just kind of started trickling out everywhere. Yeah, but it wasn't even trickling because for like the first five hours of the news cycle, only the website from Ireland had it. And then finally TMZ picked it up and he killed himself. And that I've, I've said for a year, I've said for almost 30 years now, suicide is not the answer. I attempt, I was in a really, really bad place at 14 years old in 1994. And I attempted to kill myself and I got help and not necessarily got better, but ever since then, it's more so like I am on this whole suicide. Anytime anyone says anything to me about suicide, it's like there are 
other answers. It's not... Just check on your friends, folks. Just, you know... You never know what's going on in somebody's life. And that's the thing. Like we've been saying over the last X number of 40-something minutes for both... And granted, Kevin Conroy died of cancer, which sucks. Fuck cancer. But with JDF killing himself... You never know what's going on in somebody's life. You know, we've talked about how he has always been this upbeat, up for anything, like always on, so nice to fans and everything else. But we don't know what goes on when he goes home and when he's with whatever. And that's the way it should be. But the fact that this came out and it was like, oh, my, like, number one, nobody was expecting this news. Like, this was sudden. Maybe there were signs of it. Maybe people... I, I, I'd never saw... I'd, I always see his stories on Instagram. I always see this. I always see that. And I never really saw a sign of... Well, so, so Mike, let me... Mm-hmm. I will give a... I will give a modicum of insight here a little bit because okay. I'm not I, I, I'm not famous. I've never been famous. I've I've had like two seconds of of going viral once or twice. But you know, being on the radio, I was a I was a public person. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason David Frank always came across as very genuine to me. Um, when 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 we spoke through social media, things like that, and and I've always tried to be very genuine. But at the end of the day, what he put out is what he wanted you to see. Yeah. The, the sort of Achilles heel when it comes to social media is you can try to be as real and as genuine, but nobody, nobody goes out of their way to broadcast the things about themselves that they don't like their insecurities, how they're really feeling about things and putting so much of yourself out there can be taxing. And I'm not, I'm not speaking for him. I don't know that. And I'm not saying that this in any way plays any part. But to me, it, it's a lesson in that even heroes need help. For a lot of people, he was a hero. You know, he played one. And for many people, he was one. But even heroes need help. You know, don't make assumptions about people. You, you never know where someone is in their headspace based on their social media, based, based on, and based on all of that stuff. And I, I'm sad that he wasn't able to, or felt that he wasn't able to get help. Um, you know, because he was very much loved, but, um, you know, I'm not going to get into my own personal demons, but even right. when you're surrounded by people that love, and admire you and cheer for you and are fans of yours. It doesn't always resonate. That doesn't always, doesn't always resonate as, as, as that to people who might be dealing with depression, might be dealing with anxiety, might be any, any, any number of things. And so it's very, it's very hard to say. And we don't know what, went on was going on with his personal life. And, and I don't want to speculate. And honestly, I don't care. He's gone. And that's, yeah. that's the part that hurts the yeah. manner in which he was taken from me for taken from us. It hurt that, that hurts and makes it sadder, but that's where I, I don't need any more information. Yeah. I, I just, I, I just wish the best for his family and his, 
friends and those of us that he, again, like Kevin Conroy, made made an impact in their lives. You know, I, I called my childhood best friend, which I don't, I don't talk to him very often, but uh, to tell him the news because Jason David Frank as Tommy played an integral role in our childhoods together and growing up like that. So he, he just, he elevated power Rangers to what it is today. If, if Jason David Frank did not take, embrace that part of his life and start making the convention circuit. I mean, now almost every single person who's played a ranger will do a convention, but yeah. when he was starting out, it was pretty much him. That yeah, was oh about yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, and so if he hadn't done that, what, you know, my, my kids watch power Rangers and get excited. I don't know that that would still be in pop culture. In, in the sort of ether with that. So. Well, the way that it is, yeah, it would, yeah. And the thing is, is <laughs> I understand things have happened since the end of 2019 and throughout 2020 and up until today. But I have been waiting since the first campaign launched and I wasn't able to back it. I have been waiting for the Legend of the White Dragon. And I was able to back the second campaign to get the digital version of it. And supposedly, it's supposed to be his last work. And it's supposedly supposed to be coming next year. Yeah, they they were, even before this news break, they were, they were teasing bits. So, mm-hmm. um, yep. So, yeah, I, the, the one last thing that I'll add, because I don't want to belabor something, yeah. you know, anything, but you know, um, and I feel bad because I feel like now I'm talking over you and Steve, but I, again, going back to what I kind of said about Kevin, we are so spoiled and we are so lucky. Like there is no other ranger. There is no other, I think, piece of my childhood that has been sort of immortalized time after time after time, because this, uh, before the show, I was telling you guys, I went back, I watched green with evil the, the green candle, the return of a friend, the white light, you know, so that's just on the show. And then he came back for forever red, the dimensions in danger, the legendary battle. He, as that character, we have been given so much closure, I guess is a, is a good way of saying it. You know, even in the comic books, we got soul of the dragon. Yep. And, so we are very fortunate in that we got all those things. Oftentimes, you know, Trini, the, the actress, uh, three, um, Soy Trang, yep. Trang, you know, that also was very sudden, you know, yep. their, uh, the upcoming anniversary is supposed to sort of be in honor of her, you know? Yeah. So we are very fortunate as fans that we were able to get some of those, those things before, he passed. It doesn't change the fact that he's not here, but as fans, very, we're very fortunate. And I don't, I I think we need to remember that. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. No, most definitely. Like, even if he was done with it, even if he walked away from it, the man was 49 years old. 
and he was tatted up like crazy. Well, yes, there is. That's that's a whole other podcast, but not everyone like it's great. Like everything you just said, the fact that he gave us pretty much a 30 year career as almost one character the entire time and had so much impact on all of us, whoever got into it because of him or whoever got into it and then found his character like we did, whatever it is, whomever watched power Rangers 30 years ago and whoever is still watching his episodes today he left a mark on us, just like Kevin Conroy as Batman left a mark on us. And it sucks that they're gone and it's sad. And we can, like you said earlier, there is no, there is no timestamp on grief. Grief is, is it's one of the things I wish wasn't infinite, but it can be. Um, Steve, any final thoughts? I mean, I think you guys kind of wrapped it up really well, um, touched on all the uh, the major points. Uh, it, it, it's, it, for one, they, they say that they always go in, go in threes. God, uh, don't you dare. Don't you dare. <laughs> I thought he was number three, though. I thought there was somebody else. Not in the last month or not to my knowledge. I uh, could have swore there was somebody else. The problem with that statement is it's like, well, who do you quantify? In- oh, I don't want any, and I don't want any yeah. of them to go. I'm just saying, oh, but yeah. it just, it sucks either way. Yeah. But have you guys, yeah. have you guys seen any of the tributes and the posts from some of the, uh, some of the previous Rangers? Oh, I have, I, I, I follow font. I follow, Oh, Amy, her friggin' singing. Oh my God. I can't even watch that. Not that it's just her singing because she she said he, he he always liked her singing. I could barely watch that, but uh, but hers and Walters and and Karens and uh, who uh, Blake Foster did one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've seen almost all of them. Uh, David, oh, that's in the middle of it. I was about ready to go to sleep because the news broke overnight when it broke, and I saw David Fielding's. Facebook story of may the power protect you. And I'm just thinking, Oh, it's David Fielding. He was Zordon. He's just, it it didn't hit me Mm -hmm. until I looked at my phone at like 6am after I'd fallen asleep, whatever. But yeah, no, like, yeah, just, I've seen almost all everybody's I've seen Catherine uh, Sutherland's. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it's, I love that they've they've all just kind of expressed it in as they should, just like we are here. You know, I just love that they've all kind of come together and and we're like, yep, that's Heck, even even Austin St. John put out uh, yep. put out something, and uh, it's no secret. I think to quote him, they were not beer drinking buddies. Yeah, yeah, and. You want to talk about a testament to acting? Forever Red is a testament to both of their acting. <laughs> it's not the best, but I, well, uh, I'm, I'm saying like you know because of them not actually being the best of buds by the time Forever, yeah. So anyway, and what uh, what Austin said at the end of that, which is I'll probably throw it in the end of this, is once a ranger, always a ranger. You know, 
I yeah. So, all right, folks. I don't know what's coming next. I honestly don't. I know Steve and I have talked about doing a year in review, but we kind of have done that with this tribute. I mean, there's still other things that we could do, but... We still got a month, Mike. You <sighs> shut your mouth. <laughs> no, I'm you saying... Like, Steve, I'm no, you. I'm saying, like, when we did... We used to do year in, re- year in review shows. At the end of every year, we would compile, like, the movies we watched or the TV shows we watched or the cartoons we watched. We would also compile the entire list of celebrity deaths and just mourn them all at once, but... I think I'm kind of tapped out for 2022, folks. I, I think losing Batman and the Green Ranger within a week of each other, uh, I'm, I'm hibernating until February. Yep. Hey, real, real quick, uh-huh. I want to end on this. Uh-huh. So Batman and Green Ranger, who wins in a fight? <laughs> well, I know what Steve's answer is going to be. Batman. <laughs> Mike. I mean, because he is the Batman that he is, Batman. I mean, sorry about your luck. Uh, I mean, Tommy going to have to do some really, really clever stabbing with that dragon dagger. I don't know. Bat in the sun. I know. I just, I, uh, you I know, know what? I can't have it be. I can't have JDF not represented. So if you're all <laughs> going to take Batman, I'm, I'm going to take, take the uh, JDF himself. That Master Morpher, he's got all five powers ready to go. You know, he's only missing one. Well, actually, they made uh, the the prop maker who made the Master Morpher that was then used on the show actually made a Turbo coin. Yeah, that's not what I'm talking about, though. The Master Morpher, if it really is a Master Morpher, it needs to combine them all into the one true Lord. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> On that no. no. <laughs> Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. <laughs> All right, folks. Like I said, I don't know what's coming up next, and my throat hurts now, so we will catch you next time here on GeekCast Radio. Smurfin' time! Green, white, red, twice, and black, Mr. Jason David Frank. Hello, sir. Hello. How are you guys doing today? Good? Pretty good, pretty good. How are you, sir? All right. I'm doing good. You can't be missing up the colors. I know. <laughs> it's just I the order that I messed up. People ask me what color I am, and I, I think I just stick to the old Green Ranger, White Ranger. That kind of sums it up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> 
I'll be there a long time saying, well, I was the Green Ranger, then I was the White Ranger, then I was the, the uh, Red Seal Ranger, and then I was the Turbo Ranger. It's too long. Then I was the Black Ranger, you know, just sum it up. I think people know the Green Ranger is kind of old school and, uh, you know, Tommy with the long hair. Oh, you're the guy with long hair. Now mm. I recognize you. Isn't the smallest chance of victory enough of a reason for us to keep on fighting? The world needs us, Rangers. One day the great responsibility of being the Green Ranger will fall to you. Take the world from evil. Stand by your allies. Never run from the battle. My mission is to bring you back. Ready? Let's, Let's rock it! Yeah! Silver! Black! Pink! Blue! Yeah! But whatever we do, we have to do it together. Power down! So many rangers. So much potential. Squandered for so long. My lord, the generals are ready. They simply await your command. What's important to me now is my friendship with all of you. I don't ever want that to change. It won't, Tommy. You'll always be one of us. And it's time to set things right. We will invade their worlds. We will tear down everything that might protect them. And then, when it's too late, when they're powerless and alone, they will realize the truth. They could have been gods. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, TF2 and Mike here at the end of this Kevin Conroy and Jason David Frank tribute with myself, Steve Megatron, and Jesse Raz. I just want to reiterate to everyone that there is help out there if you need it. Please take advantage of it. Once again, the classic suicide hotline is 1-800-273-8255. Or, if you're in the United States and you're on a mobile phone, you can dial 988 for the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. You can also go to 988lifeline.org. Suicide is not the answer. You matter. What you do matters. What we all do matters, or else what's the point of being here, right? As I said in this episode, I attempted suicide in 1994 when I was 14 years old. And I've tried since then to be a conscious suicide preventionist? Question mark? I don't know if that's the right terminology or not, but <laughs> if you need help, whether it's reaching out to friends or family, or if it's reaching out for professional help, please do so. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. Have a great night. Whenever you're listening to this. 
And remember, we here at the GeekCast Radio Network are always here to help unleash the geek in you.